0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 77 of the Curtain Call podcast presented by the Yes Network. I'm Justin Shackle. I've been welcomed back by Yes Network president of production and programming, John J. Phillip John told me that the, the Yankees were in a tailspin. The only way for them to get out of it is for us to record another podcast. So here we are. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, best way you could support the show here. We are going to talk about this month of August for the Yankees. We're going to go around the league as well. We're going to Look ahead to the postseason, mainly because the postseason schedule came out. And there are a couple little quirks in there, so we want to touch on that as well. But right off the bat, John, I know that you were in studio over the weekend, Sunday Night Baseball, for K-Rod, Derek Jeter in the house. You were right there. What was the mood like in that room? And before you answer that, I need to know, were you wearing your your summer white pants like Michael and Alex and, and Derek were?
1: No, I have better taste than that. I, I uh, I, I just do. I know I wasn't wearing, you know, Michael looked like an ice cream salesman. He was trying to sell ice cream I don't, I don't, with those pants. I don't know what Michael was. I mean, I, I love Michael. I love to tease him.
0: Not a fan I mean, of white pants. What's that? Not a fan well, of white pants. Uh,
1: you know, I, I think in the right setting, like if we were playing polo, I think it might've been nice, but I mean, I think for that, maybe not so much, but uh, listen, it's, 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 it's Michael's show and Alex's show and, uh, and, uh, it was it, it was a fun experience. I will tell you that I uh, I I didn't really know what to expect because you know this there's, there's been some you know tension through the years between Derek and between Alex. So I really didn't know what level of the, the tension, how much it had been diffused, and because uh, I, you know, I didn't ask, I was invited by by Michael and by, by Alex to. to, to Sit in if I'd like to, and I thought it would be a chance, like you know, like Yalta, you know, like uh, with Churchill and Yalta. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna go, we're gonna make a peace treaty, whatever we're gonna do. I had no idea what to expect.
0: They were the big three.
1: That's right, they were the big three, and I was just, I was just sort of listening into this thing, but I, uh, I, I enjoyed it very much. I, I saw Derek and Derek right away. Derek is third great. I'd seen him in a couple of years. I mean, really, since uh, I guess since he left the Yankees, I would think so. That's at least five years ago because he's got in the Hall of Fame. So, so, um yeah it's been a while but he looks great he's in a good mood and uh you know i, I said something to him about maybe him want to come work yes and then he goes no he said no and then i so i started laughing he started laughing he goes hey flip i'm just negotiating with you now i'm just you and i just negotiating so uh, we really didn't get we, then we didn't just then we decided that that was the time and the place to have even talk about anything like that but we 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 talked about a few other things and he's close to my son pierce and uh and uh, when my son was sick, uh, my son uh, Pierce is a cancer survivor. He was really sick, uh, Derek, and he's great now. So thank you, those of you who are concerned. Thank you very much. He, uh, but he's doing really well now. But but Derek was one of the Yankees who at the who was the kindest to my son. Made sure he was okay. Always asked about him, and through the years, he's always followed up with. The first thing out of his mouth is how's Pierce. system when he sees him. So and Pierce he has a relationship. That, they developed through the years on their own, so it's just a it's a nice thing. And Derek is just a good guy. He's humble. He's a good guy. Obviously, great player. And it was just nice to see him again. Like I hadn't seen him, and I forgot how special he is. Almost when you don't see somebody day to day, and I think I think that's also the beauty of his 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 uh, his, his bio documentary. That he's his biodoc is because you, 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 you forget the time goes on. you Remember certain things, but you forget other things. But seeing all that in the aggregate again. I think you realize how special a player Derek Jeter really was and what a special person he really is.
0: Did you ask him to come on the podcast?
1: No, I I didn't, but I'm going to. How's that? I'll mention your name. I'd say, you know, Justin Shackle asked me, just ask you if you would come on the podcast. No, but we we
0: want him on the podcast, John. He doesn't need this known name, this stranger that that may detract him from wanting to come on.
1: I think what I would say to him, no, no, you know, I would say to him, look look, you know, you're out of the game now. I mean, your career's taken a huge hit. I mean, really, nobody wants to talk to you anymore. <laughs> I'm going to extend the invite to or Matt justice Shackle and myself to you to see if you would, you know, come on. Not because we really need you on this podcast, but because we're trying to to save your career, which has been sinking.
0: Yeah, we want to provide a, pl- a, a safety net, net for free you. Free. You like yeah. that idea? I think that's a wise strategy right there, for sure. Um, from a from a TV executive standpoint, yes. was K-Rod with Derek Jeter good television?
1: Uh, Well, yes. I mean, it was good television because you really didn't know what the dynamic was between the two of them. And and at the top, you could see that you know they, there was a lot of uh, – Derek made it very easy and Alex made it easy. They made it easy for each other. Again, I don't know how much tension there really still exists between the two of them. I suspect there's a little bit. There is probably – but I I I didn't really see much of it in evidence here. What I saw in evidence were you know two, two people who share a lot of history together. Uh, they were really good friends for a really long time, and obviously they have a championship that they shared together. And you know they had a lot of great experiences of starting at and the, the league around the same time and growing into their star their stardom, if you will, together. And uh, so they share a lot of being both superstars in baseball. So they shared a lot of great uh, common experience. And I think that they reminded each other about those special times, and I think that was enough to really whatever tension may have been there, and if there was, it was very little. I, I think it was it was really much, very much put to bed there. It really was. So it was, and they had fun. They were having fun with each other. Michael Michael was really good. Michael asked the questions he needed to ask uh, to to get the responses he needed to get, and he let them sort of you know. Sort of lead their own band. He wasn't trying to lead them. He let the two of them sort of dictate where that conversation was going, and I think that's part of why I, I think I enjoyed it so much. And I mean, it's hard when you like you're someone like me who knows both of them, and knows you know knows the Yankees as well as I know them because I've been around them for so many years. So there's not a lot of things that are going to come up that I'm, I'm not either heard before or familiar with. But but still, though, know, there's always something that will surprise you a little bit. And I uh, I was just thrilled for it because I like them both. So I was thrilled for the dynamic that, that existed between the two of them, because I think the audience thoroughly enjoyed just seeing the two of them together and then having some of these reminiscing the way they were reminiscing.
0: Yeah, I think Michael was in a perfect traffic cop for getting those segments to where they needed to be. And then they, they did the rest. It was great. Um, I was really into that. And I'll, I'll be honest, like when I watch Sunday Night Baseball, I tend to gravitate toward the main broadcast with, with David Cohn. And Eduardo yeah. Perez, it's just my, you know, I, I like to hear David's perspective on certain things. I flip back and forth. But this past Sunday, I was locked in on K-Rod the entire time. And it, it had to do with more than just Derek Jeter stopping by. So it was really good.
1: Yeah, well, that was, but, you know, it's this, but this, this was like must see.
0: Yeah, for sure. Honestly,
1: if you're a Yankee fan, sports fan, but a Yankee fan in particular, this was kind of must see. And, you know, you could always watch they're there, you know, and, and there's a lot of games in the course of a season. This this was kind of a happening, a mini happening, if you will. So I I think the intrigue of it demanded your attention. It was just again, and their, their ratings reflected it. I mean, they had they had a couple hundred thousand people more watching this than had watched any of the, the previous previous uh, shows, right. and, and that I, I would tend to think obviously directed right back to the fact that that Jeter was a guest and the dynamic between Alex and Jeter.
0: So the twenty twenty two Yankees. They've been must-see for the majority of the season. But lately, if you are seeing them, your eyes could be hurting you because August has been a bit of a struggle here. Last time that we were doing this podcast, uh, the trade deadline happened. The Yankees they acquired Frankie Montas. They also traded away Jordan Montgomery for Harrison Bader, who we've yet to see. They've struggled to score some runs. They went on a 2-7 and seven road trip as well. Led to a lot of noise getting louder around this team and now it's led to giving some prospects a chance. At the time we are recording this, he came off that terrific, dramatic walk-off grand slam from Josh Donaldson one night prior, but I have to ask you this here, John, and it is a broad question, but I do think it's appropriate right now for where this team is at. What exactly are the New York Yankees right now?
1: Well, uh, it's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I mean, they, they, are, they go from they went from having a, a season for the ages, or certainly one of the best seasons in, the, in, the, in their long and storied history, to how could this team fall apart as quickly as it fell apart? So I've mean, i I've been, I've been confused about this team from the beginning, to be truthful. Uh, if you go back and you listen to the earlier podcasts that reflected like spring training, coming out of spring training, i would said, I don't know where this team is. I, I There are elements of it I like a lot, and there are elements of it I don't like at all. And I don't know that I see them, you know, I don't know if I see a championship. I don't know if I even see them winning the East. I see them as a playoff team because there's three wild cards. So I certainly be, I mean, there's certainly a wild card team at the least. I don't see them winning the division. I mean, I think they have major holes. And then they started playing the way they played. And I sat there and said, and I came on the podcast again. And I said, you know what? I had it wrong. I mean, I'm going to tell you, I mean, when I make a mistake, I'm the first one to raise my hand and say, I'm accountable for my mistakes. I made a mistake. I can't believe this team is playing as great as as they're playing terrifically, it's far better than I thought that they were capable of playing. And so this went on for a while until the recent troubles. And then I said to myself, you know what? Everything I thought their holes were, they're showing up now. So you have a big lead. You have a big lead. I mean, that's one of the great advantages of having a big lead You you have a big lead. But in order to you're still going to win and you still need to the home fields field and all the things you need to get, somewhere along the line, you have to correct yourself. Every team goes through hot spells. Everything team, go, team goes through cold spells. You're going to win 54 games. You're going to lose 54 games, and it's what you – as the adage goes, and it's what you do with the other 54 that, that determine your season. Well, the, the Yankees were playing so great, and, you know, you sit there and say, like, wow, they're going to – they could challenge the, the American League record for wins. They could certainly challenge their own franchise record. There's so many things that were in place. But now you know now it isn't isn't about that. Now you are playing for history, but a different kind of history. The issue you're playing for is what we're, we're our judges right now. That we'll get to that at some point. But the, the reality is in terms of the team, um, they are really they've been struggling. There's no doubt about it. And they've been and injuries are now starting to, to play a factor for them. So there's a combination of injuries and not been kind to them at the moment. And there's also the, the inevitable, you know, you're not going to play 700, 800 baseball. Nobody plays that kind of percentage. So the fact that they were playing this ridiculous, the high percentage of winning baseball, it's just going to catch up with you at some point. So that, the heat of the summer, the, some age in some places, injury in a few other places, there's been a, a variety of reasons why, but the Yankees have uh, come back to earth a little bit. And they're still in really good shape. If you had said to me, where is this team? Is this team in the middle of August going to have a, you know, an eight or nine game lead? I would say to you, Where do you sign up for this? I mean, this is still great, but the reality is it's not not that. It's right now they haven't played well, and they needed that win as we do this, the win that they recorded last night. They needed that win in the worst way because this thing really could have started to spiral in a way that may have been out of control for them had they not won last
0: night. When you look back just a little bit, the trade of Montgomery, some roster decisions as well, and you uttered the phrase uh, home field. Home field advantage is something that continues to be on my mind because when they were building such a big lead and players are talking about never being satisfied, it really felt like the first objective was getting home field throughout the playoffs. That felt like that was the first goal and they were not looking past it. Now I'm wondering how important home field advantage in the playoffs is to this team because It feels, like I said, it is important at times, but then some of their actions say otherwise. What do you think?
1: Home field is is important in baseball. I mean, probably more important than any other sport that I could think of, uh, because you build your team around the home field. You do. I mean, if you have a, there's a short porch in right field, for the Yankees build their team around a short porch in right field. I mean, that's the way, that's why they do what they do. You know, the Yankees have... uh, the certain uh, certain uh, qualities certain strengths on that team and they play to Yankee Stadium. they just do. And that's not a sin. I mean, that's the way it's supposed to be. Every team does bills around what, what their what their home field is. So the, the reality is that this team is constructed to to win. Now, that's why it's called home field, right? It's because you want that advantage. So this team is constructed to win more games at Yankee State. You play half your games there. You're you, you, you gonna you want a team that's built around that. That's really important that they maintain it, that they have it. And uh, you know, and look, if you go back to that, you go back to Houston, which is our greatest adversary. You know, it seems like these games, for the most part, go along party lines. They go, who has the home field? When the Yankees played them two years ago in the playoffs, and it was a great seven-game series, it was like the Yankees won three and they lost four. Well, they had three games in Yankee Stadium and four games in Houston. Guess what? Three games at the stadium, they won the four games in Houston, they didn't. Now, you had the the trash can mitigation thing going on, no doubt, that might have played something. But, again, that plays the home field, doesn't it, even if it's wrong? I'm not giving the Astros any credit for that, but the scandal, i have just say that they played to home field though. They, they couldn't have done that at Yankee Stadium. So again, everything plays to home field.
0: When you take a look at some, and obviously they're, they're, they're getting hit with a lot of injuries. I don't think anyone envisioned Giancarlo Stanton now missing close to a month with, with his lower body injury. And that's a massive blow to this lineup, not looking as long as it could be. But when you take a look at, Looking at players who run out of options, Amarinaccio, for example, who's arguably one of the more valuable relievers in that bullpen this year, forcing you know him to go down because you know he's the one who has options. Uh, trading Montgomery for a center fielder who could very well be very good in Harrison Bader, yet we've yet to see him, and it's not a lock that he's going to be available and on the field uh, a month from now as they're getting ready for the postseason. So that's when I say. Some of their decisions maybe make me scratch my head a little bit. But Do you buy into that notion that this team is already looking ahead to October? Because that's, I feel like, the the notion that's coming from the fan base right now, that they may not be taking it day to day. They're looking to plan ahead into the postseason when you still have over 50 games remaining on the regular season schedule.
1: I, I think it's probably natural to look ahead. But, you know, what you don't want to start doing is looking behind you it's okay to look ahead you don't want to look behind and right now if i'm the yankees i'm looking behind me a little bit i'm the teams that i was so far ahead of and i wasn't paying that much attention to guess what now i'm paying a little bit more attention to them it's you have to look ahead if you're the yankees because you have a nice lead and you it's always natural to look at october if you're the yankees because listen i mean unless they go oh for the rest of the season i mean they're going to be in the playoffs okay they're going to be now, just a matter of you winning your vision, we you have a nice, comfortable league, or you hold on to win that, or you, which one of the playoffs, which one of the wild cards are you? So they, they will get in. I don't see a, a situation scenario, honestly, staring at them at there because they do have a lot of talent on the team. So at some point, they'll write the ship, even if they just write it somewhat, they'll write it. And then it's a matter of are how good are we really? How good is this team really? And that's, that's something I really think we have to sort of take a look at because, again, there's an attitude about. You're never as good as you are on your best day. And you're never as bad as you are on your worst day. I think the Yankees aren't as good as they were playing when they were playing out of their minds. Wait, you know, 750 baseball. But I don't think they're nearly as bad as they've been playing the last couple of weeks. They've been sort of dreadful, to be honest with you. And I don't see them being dreadful. I mean, I, they're much better than that. Nor, but I don't think they're as good as they were playing when they were playing at their best. So the reality is they're somewhere in that middle. And in the next, the rest of the season will define, and obviously October will define really how, honestly, how good they really were or they weren't. So we'll see that. Uh, again, it's easy to get carried away when a team is playing well, and it's easy to get upset when a team isn't playing well. I think the Yankees, every team slumps. Every team has hot streaks. Every team slumps. Yankees had played the whole year up until maybe the last three weeks without having slumped. It was, it was really kind of really uh, not really pragmatic. In, in, the, in the laws of baseball and the rules of baseball, it was uh, in the myth of baseball, mythology of baseball, it wasn't really practical the way, and pragmatic the way they were playing. So they had a slump. They, they are slumping. But I do think that, you know, they realize they've got a right to ship. And they've got a lot of professionals on a team, older players, experienced players. They'll find a way to do it. But the, right now, I think but because the trade deadline is coming on, gone, they're going to have to do it through the minor leagues. They're going to have to get that infusion of youth. That they need to and, and player specific positions that they need that they can't fill any other way. The only way is through the minors. So they're doing the call ups that they think are necessary to sort of help them right now in the the immediate. They're not looking toward Houston right now. That right now their, their goal is just we we got to start winning again. Once they start winning again, I think then they they, they could take their eye a little bit off and start looking more at you know where we're going to be, who we're going to play, and the inevitable one which will be Houston to get to the World Series.
0: The addition of some of the younger guys from the minors, the Floreals, the Oswaldo Carreras, I think it's twofold. And I was talking with David Cohn about this the other day. You bring them up, obviously you're giving them an opportunity and it's up to them now to take advantage of it. But in a way, having young players like that come up also could benefit the older guys who we're seeing struggle a bit right now. Donaldson's, the Hicks, Uh, Donaldson's playing very nice defense, but it just not hasn't. it's very been very enigmatic at the plate for him this season. Um, there's a thought though that having younger players come up can actually help and benefit the guys who need a little of a break here. Maybe nurse some aches and injuries, allow them to reset themselves during these long days. Do you, do you buy into that?
1: Yes, I do. I think some of the you know the older players have been really affected by the length of the season is starting to, you know, it's, it's a, they call it the dog days of summer for a reason. It's a dog days of summer. It's really hot. The travel is like nonstop for these teams, for these guys. Uh, they don't really get a big break. And, um, you know, so they, they, they they're, because of the back of the baseball card said what it says in many cases, these guys are going to play and they're going to play pretty much every day. So you, you give, you give them a spell where you can but the reality is you can't give them much of a spell. So you're going to have to have the replacements. And, you know, to me, any team that really wins is going to have to get help from unexpected places. The Yankees in, coming out of spring training, if you said to me, Estevan Florial is going to be going to could either make or break them. His speed, his, his ability to play outfield, he's a terrific defender. That's good, he's great. Oh, and but you know, he also was hitting with power when I first saw him play. Struck out a little bit, maybe a little bit too much, but that was kind of it. That was the only flaw that I see. Great speed, steel bases, could do a lot of things for you. So I looked at him as a top prospect, but that was a couple of years ago now. Getting, he's still really young but he's been around for a couple of years now yeah. this is a chance for him to say he really belongs he's giving him a big chance look at his numbers he's about 15 to 16 homers in the minors at the 20 20 stolen bases plays a really good defense the yankees need all of that they need some power They need strong the guy who obviously continue to play good defense for them. They need the speed, especially when a team plays station to station. You know the Yankees have been more aggressive on the base path. His speed could really help you a lot in many many ways, not just coming off the bench to pinch run in the game in, in game speed. He's got it, so he's got a lot going for him. He's, I mean, we, he's just one of a couple of players that could help make a difference for you. But but he seems to be in the forefront because the Yankees are kind of hurting in their outfield right now because guys have been hurting. Guys are not available to you. The hater can't play, as you said. He can't play because of his uh, scenario uh, being on the IL. And uh, he's the Cardinal player, the, the Gold Glove winner, right? Who we talked yep. about before, Bader, rather. And he's not – he can't – Bronxville guy. What's that?
0: Bronxville guy.
1: He's from yeah, the Bronx. That's right. He's from that's right. Yeah. Nice talent, nice, a nice young talent. Not, but a guy's been around. But also, you know, a guy who can play in the outfield, and play really well. So I mean, that's a good pickup for him. But right now, he can't help you. So you got there. You got Stanton. You know, is out, and Hicks is just struggling so mightily that the Yankees all of a sudden need they really strongly need outfield help. So you can't trade for it. So where are you going to get it now? The only place you could get it is through your system. That's why you know. That's why we'll see about the holding on to players. Sometimes it's better to trade a player for a proven player. You know, that's why he's an asset. Or do you see so, such a high ceiling for a young player that you don't want to trade him because you think that high ceiling could could to translate into someone who could help you for many, many years to come. If you just, you know, have the patience to keep them in your system. So, I mean, these are always questions that general managers face with. You know, ownership is always faced with these things. And, and the teams that succeed from the different between teams succeed and the ones that don't, but the ones that make the right decision as to to either hold on to a prospect or to trade them. So we'll see where, where we are with this. We'll see how far Esteban Floreal has come. And I suspect and he's going to make – he could be a big difference maker in the Yankees.
0: Yeah, He's a young 24-year-old right now. People yes. know, like you said, he's been around for years, but he's still only 24, doesn't turn 25 until November.
1: Because right, they actually, got him when he was about 17 yeah. or 18. Yep. I mean, that's what we got him.
0: Um, when, at the time of his call up, he had cooled off just a little bit, but overall yeah. the numbers are awesome. I mean, eight eight fifty eight OPS in AAA. Yes. He was leading the international league with uh, thirty two stolen bases. So this is the shot for him to really take an advantage of an opportunity, and I think adding those dimensions to the way this lineup is constructed right now, through a tough time like this, where they're slogging through the days of August, yeah, um, I, I think I think this is the perfect time for Estevan Florial to. Sees a major league opportunity
1: slogging you said slogging you yes. said they're slogging through now slogging is an interesting word to me now Tell me not i know enough about the art of slogging i mean i don't no one's ever called me a slogger so i know i don't have a silver slogger award i don't like you know some players in the big leagues too i don't have anything like that um i uh i i find the word interesting um the yankees are not like slogging the yankees are defining the word slogging the last few weeks they're not they just have not played well at all obviously as we know um but you know was it due to catch up with them this water find its own level I mean we could see we could do this all day yeah who knows we don't know we don't know but we do know this the Yankees need to do something to to turn this around and it isn't the fact that they, they, they the, the, the 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 American League East is in dire jeopardy right now they're lead. No, it's. I mean, they have a nice lead. It certainly, could they blow it? Of course, it's possible. Historically, it's been done. Teams like the Red Sox of 70. Some teams have had huge leads and not been able to hold on. It happens. But I don't think that the Yankees are are nearly as bad as the way they've been playing lately. I just. They, I think they just did. A, they just up a, a tough spell, mm-hmm. and too many things happened at once. You know, talk about the perfect storm. This is the imperfect storm. Too many things happened at once. Starting pitching, you know, although starting pitching has been really good despite all the issues or whatever, but losing Montgomery in a deal that they thought they had to bring in someone else, and that fell apart. So you you lost a strong back-end starter. That doesn't help you. Severino going on the IAL does not help. You're you know, starting pitching, obviously, that situation. You know, and you worry about Tyone and how many innings just coming off the two Tommy Johns and whatever. You know, those innings were the real bullets. They're, they're, they're magic bullets, or they could be silver bullets, and the thing that takes the werewolf down if you – Understand what a silver bullet does in mythology—the and the werewolf in the world—and um, you know, I don't know where I'm going with this analogy. I'm picking but up I, what you're I mean, putting
0: down. Don't worry. Save me
1: down. Save me from Lon yeah. Chaney. I you, you know who Lon Chaney was. Does that ring no. a bell? He was. He played the werewolf in the uh, in the the movies, the horror movies at Universal done in the mid 40s. Okay. That's the 1940s for those of you who are century later and have no idea what I'm talking about. The Lon it's Chaney Frankenstein was Frankenstein his
0: bride. That's
1: right. He was in all those oh, kind bride. of movies.
0: Yeah. See, I'm cultured. <laughs>
1: Yeah, who told you about that? You looked it up, or you went on like the Wikipedia. I'll tell you what.
0: I, I uh, it's still an attraction at Universal Studios, so that's where I got my education from as a kid. Theme park. Is
1: the, is the werewolf still there at Universal? Um,
0: last, I mean, haven't been there in years, but it was there. Universal was, needs to yeah. update its
1: programming. They need to sort of, <laughs> you know, because they're still selling the werewolf. I mean, last time I was, yeah, last
0: time I was there, they had King Kong the ride. So between
1: yeah, the werewolf, they-
0: King Kong, yeah. Um, we know that this isn't what we're going to be seeing from the Yankees once September ends, we go to October. Like we said, it's going to be somewhere in the middle between what we saw in the beginning, what we're seeing now. But from what we're seeing right now, what do you keep in the back of your mind for October?
1: They got to hit. They have got to find a way. And if Judge doesn't hit, then it's it's like a lost cause. And because, you know, uh, you, you need judge to be judged judge That's the other constant here. Judge has been judge from day from the day one of the start of the season till till about, you know, till very recently. He all he's done is just knock the cover off the ball in a way that is trending trending on historic. And the Yankees have needed that to, to get off to the start that they've gotten off to, because there were times when the rest of the team just did not hit, but he carried them offensively. Now he's starting, and now he's having a little bit of a struggle. Now, I mean, it's which is just natural because you couldn't, you can't play the way he's playing the entire season. You're going to slump someplace. He just, his, his slump just happens to coincide with the way the Yankees have been playing, so he's not been able to sort of save them from themselves, if you will, because he's having his own issues at the moment, although they're small. You know he's going to be come back and be judged, and he'll be fine. But it's really about everybody around him and their ability to sort of protect him in that lineup hit, and and also be able to contrib- contribute to length in the lineup. They got too many bats in there that aren't hitting. They're just not hitting. They're not playing either the back of the baseball cards or the back of anybody else's baseball card for that matter. They're just having trouble. Off it. And you know the thing that, that they it's whether it's a lack of situational hitting or it's just a lack of hitting. Period. The Yankees are good. Not only losing games, but losing games they don't score any runs. The Yankees have been like shut out a couple of times. So, but uh, it's sort of been uh, that's the thing that worked because in October it's always about pitching. Like good pitching shuts down good hitting. Well the, the other teams don't have to worry about the Yankee hitting because it's not there, other than Judge. So the, the rest of those guys have to start playing the way they're capable of playing and start to find more consistent more consistent at bats than they got. That concerns
0: well, me. Looking at the landscape. The, of the back area. of the bullpen
1: right now concerns me. The back of the bullpen also we we haven't gotten there, but that's concerning me too, because Holmes was now on the il who was so great for so great for them and all of a sudden he's lost it because that was go back to an injury but but he's not there and you're asking Chapman to you know come back and assume the role of closer and and, and try to get or be some, one of them contributors to the back end in a strong way and he's been inconsistent. so the nices looks really good night doesn't look as good so he's got to find some consistency because the Yankees need to fix the back end of their bullpen as well
0: for whatever reason I feel like I should be more concerned about the back of the bullpen than I currently am right now, because I, uh, I agree with with everything that you just said, but I, I, I don't know what this is driven by. Maybe just by faith. I just feel like they're going to be able to figure it out between Chapman, F Ross Holmes, eventually Marinaccio Peralta. And I just, I just named, you know, I, you know, you go either way with Holmes, whether or not he can rediscover what he had over the first half of the season, but I still named about four relievers who, uh, you know, I, I, and, and you, you bring Britain back into the mix feel pretty confident about feel pretty, maybe, maybe confident is not the right word, comfortable comfortable uh, is, is being comfortable enough to go deep into the postseason. Maybe no, not.
1: no, it's, not. it's really not. Okay. I mean, I, I, I appreciate the depth that you just mentioned because it's depth and that's great because what that does is usually every bullpen has got some holes because they just don't have the length of uh, looking at every reliever and say, this guy can shut you down. This guy could beat you. This guy can do this. This guy could do that. Very few bullpens offer that. That's a luxury in bullpens. The Yankee bullpen is so deep when the season started. You know, almost every one of those guys you look at say, get a big game. Can that guy catch you out? Yes. Get a big game. Yes. 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 The entire lineup was yes, uh, which is only fitting because we've been in their network for 22 years. So thank you very much. Uh, but the yes thing is is that you sit there and you you have confidence in every one of those people. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't have confidence in them now. I'm just saying that when you need a big out, somebody can come in. Not that everybody anybody can ever be Mariano again. But the guys who you sit there and you say, This is for three outs, I'm, i I feel really great about this. This is a shutdown situation. You really feel that? The reality is you don't. I don't feel it. And I think that uh, Chapman is very capable. He's got a lot of talent. He does. And he's he's got but he's been inconsistent the last year or two. And I think this season, obviously he's been re- dramatically inconsistent. So which, 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 you know, which chapman are you gonna get? And which and, and is Holmes as good as he was the first part? Or is he, did, was, he, it was the injury what slowed him down? Or was he slowing down before the injury? We don't know. I, we, we don't have an answer to that.
0: Well, let me throw an X-factor by you.
1: What else do we have here, by the way?
0: Luis Severino. So Any
1: X-factors before here?
0: No. What no. about Luis Severino in the bullpen? Because I know they keep telling you that you want to be as a starter. But when I look at the top three, Cole, Montas, Nestor, Cortez – Luis Severino could kind of be that that Michael King version. He could
1: be, he could be, but was supposed Montas struggles. True, continues to struggle. I mean, have you seen anything so far? That have you seen? No offense. Have you seen anything that says to you that's that's Castillo?
0: Oh no. No, okay. I, mean, I you'll, mean, I'll never, I'll never go, I'll never go uh, off the, the the Castillo tree. I think I firmly believe that they should have acquired Luis. I do too.
1: I I absolutely believe the same thing you do.
0: Yeah. And again,
1: but, it's not, there are things that they're privy to that we're not. So let's right. be fair. To me, we don't know what the Yankees know. And I have a lot of faith in the people that run the Yankees that they're going to make the right decision because they usually do. So I'm not trying to second guess. But I mean, to me. And again, the Yankees, maybe, maybe he was there first. I'm sure he was. But then it's a matter of you don't get that kind of player without giving up something significant. And maybe player like Volpe, who everyone desires, would 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 have had to been the player they would have put in to, to get Castillo, and maybe they thought that was a bit too much. So again, there's a lot of things going on here that we're not privy to, let's be fair. But at the end of the day, the reality is that, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe that, that was where they go. I don't know. That's a very interesting point because uh but I do know this. In October, it comes down to a few things. And what, one of the most important part of it is that great pitching stops good hitting. It just does. Great pitching shuts down offenses. And if you've got two guys at the top, let alone three, if you've got three, two, three guys at the top who have shut down stuff and are shut down talent, you got a really good chance to win a World Series. And it always goes back to the Randy Johnsons and Kurt Schillings. It goes back to... Uh, you know, the Nationals a few years ago with Shears and Strasburg, it goes back to those two, that drive and Kopecks, whatever you want to put it, anyway you want to phrase this, guys who have power at the top in those one and two slots are usually the teams that win a World Series. So if you go back to that, and that's obviously our objective here, um, the Yankees have a chance with those three guys that we just talked about. You know, that, that gives some great depth there, but they've got to go into October with those guys in, rested in their stride and ready to go.
0: Whenever I hear a team making a, a peculiar move, one that maybe doesn't make sense on the surface, always say to myself, well, maybe that team knows something that I don't, which is obviously the case. At the same time, whatever I don't know, I can only go what I see with my eyes. And I obviously thought Luis Castillo was the best pitcher to be had. And that's not taking anything away from Frankie Montas. But we'll, no. uh, we'll, we'll see how the chips fall for sure. Um, one team that you believe is a team to be feared in the American League wildcard race? Who would it be?
1: That's a really good question. You know, Tampa Bay is, you know, they, they just do it. They just do it all the time. So I I see Tampa Bay is, and, 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 you know, in Toronto too. I mean, I, I picked Toronto to win the East. And I'm, I I'm, And they have not had a great season. They just haven't. There are, there are reasons for it. I think this pitching has not been what they thought it was going to be. They put a lot of time and money into trying to fix their starting pitching and to make it really strong. And on, on the surface, on paper, I thought they made some really good moves. But reality is the moves haven't panned out as well. The bullpen hasn't been as strong as they would have liked. So their pitching is, a, is somewhat, not going to say suspect, it's just a little disappointing. And their offense, which, you know, given the, the great young talent that that offense has and some of the veteran talent they have as well, you look at it and you say, like, wow. I still think they haven't hit a stride. I think Toronto could be extremely dangerous as a wild card. I just do, um, you know. I, I the fact that they've added to teams, I, mean, I, I I'm happy for Baltimore and the fact that they've been interesting. But I mean, I don't see them as a real threat. And the Red Sox, I don't think, are have too many holes to be a real threat. Uh, we could sit here and we could talk about the White Sox, and I like the White Sox, except I don't know where they're going. I mean, this that's a team to me that forget about Walker. They should have just won a division. I mean that's how strong I think they are, but but you know but but they haven't really been able to find it either. I think it's you remember you still have you still have like six weeks of the season, mm-hmm. so I think the next six weeks will obviously define where it goes. And teams like Atlanta, which have a way of sneaking up on people, and they and they did that's what they did last year, and they, they did to a part to a portion this year when they got such a slow start. That's the team that would scare me. I mean, if I'm, in a because in 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 I think the Mets are going to win that division. But, but you know, Atlanta would scare me as a wild card for sure. I mean, so there are teams out there that could put a put the fear of the Lord, in it, if you will, and, and rightfully so because of the talent that they have, and the depth that they have, uh, the pedigree that they have. So I don't know. I, maybe Toronto. I, I think in White Sox maybe. Uh, yeah. but how do you see it?
0: Uh, team that you didn't mention, the Seattle Mariners. I think. Oh I yeah. think They have really good pitching. Yeah. I yeah, think that's true. I didn't
1: mention them at all. I think, and, they, I think, they, and they went and they got Castillo.
0: Yeah, they have Castillo. I think they have yeah. a formidable top three in the rotation. Castillo, Robbie yeah. Ray, uh, Logan Gilbert yeah. in their bullpen. We were yeah, you know, right. we, we was there in, in Seattle watching that series with the Yankees. And they have like three versions of Michael King in their bullpen in terms of all the horizontal run that some of their pitchers can provide. So I I think if they, they get in. They won
1: 90 games a year ago. They won 90 games a year ago.
0: Yeah. I think if they get in, in a series, they can be a handful for, for any team that they face. Um, maybe not the Astros, because the Astros have their number. But uh, they, regardless of that, I think they match up really well, because once the postseason goes on, uh, anything What's can happen.
1: Difference you? What do, how do you see the difference between, and you're right about Seattle, but, but having said that, put that aside for a second, how, how much of a difference do you see between Toronto, Tampa Bay, and Seattle. How much of a difference is it? Is it major to you or is it just sort of you know, on, on, on the margins?
0: I think there is a difference. I think it's in between uh, marginal and a big one. I think I think the Blue Jays are a better version of the White Sox. I think both are underachievers at this point. And you mentioned how we'd still have six weeks to go. This is what makes this part of the season fun in my eyes, because you could say, oh, man, we still have a month and a half left to go in the season. Pump your brakes here. But you could also look at it and say, well, we're at, you know, and it's now or never for certain teams. They got to start making a run. And you can kind of look ahead to the remaining schedule and say, man, the White Sox have uh 10 games left with Cleveland. They have six games left with Minnesota, and you can really dissect it that way. So I think this is a cool time of the season. But if you're asking me how to lump them together, I think Toronto could be dangerous. They've underachieved this entire time. They're not showing me anything that would make me believe it's going to flip anytime soon. I think their pitching staff looks really good on paper, hasn't materialized for whatever reason, not meeting expectations, injuries, whatever. Seattle has been able to find a way to get it done i think they have an interesting mix of offensive players as well and then once julio rodriguez jumps back in there who knows what could happen with that rhythm the rays are the other team they get wander franco back that's coming up they're gonna get manuel margot tyler glass now might be coming into the folds now so that's a team i'm keeping an eye on in terms of catching a lot of heat in september so i would group the rays the mariners in as the the top tier wildcard teams that could be dangerous in the postseason, the rest.
1: Good.
0: No, but I, I was going to say the rest. I got I got to see something more in order to make me believe. You, you be know,
1: also stuff. is you know, you have Toronto went on a run. They went on a big run where they were way sort of way behind the Yankees, and they went on a run where they won like you know what I forget eighteen or twenty two or something like that, and they put themselves in where you start to see what this team at its best was capable of doing. But then they went back to starting playing 500 ball, or in some cases, sub-500 ball. You know, Tampa Bay has sort of meandered most of the season and then recently went on a run where they started to play really good ball. And that that coincided with the Yankees not playing some good ball. So they were able to make some ground and sort of jump back sort of in this thing because they're not out of it. You know, you, look, they're not out of it because he, you may say that there's still a lot of games in, out in the American League East, and they are, but they're playing better. But the truth of the matter is, they in the wild card race. That see, that's the incentive. It's like they may not. You could look at their records and say they're around five hundred, whatever they are. But those, all those teams, have a chance right now to make the playoffs. So they're going to do the best they can. Nobody's waving any flags. If you're Tampa Bay, or you're Toronto, or you're Seattle, I mean, certainly, and Seattle the other way. Seattle was playing poorly the whole the entire season up until the last month, and they they found their mojo and they've been playing great. So you know they, that's where they have made their run. Now, is 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 that the run that they have in them that all these teams have in them, or is this like that the, where they're really they're going to become the Braves? They're going to be the Braves of a year, you know here we go. They're going to make be, be you know turn their season around and and find themselves to be this uh, this incredible October force where they kind of stuck up on everybody. Whatever they did, I'm just saying to you that that's what makes this to me like you said. It it's, makes this the most interesting part of the season because everybody's got a chance. I mean, how many teams we could sit here and there are a, whole, a lot more teams in this thing in either league than there are out of it. You know, there were a couple of teams that are out of it, but there's very few.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could count them for each league. You can count Third them. Third wild card them. makes
1: it interesting, too. Makes yeah. it really
0: interesting. Um, you, you, you mentioned the Braves a couple of times here. I think there is no other team in baseball right now that makes you feel better as a fan than if you're a fan of the Atlanta Braves. They have, they're getting healthier They have a guy like Mike Soroka coming back, and that when he was on the mound, that was a guy who could just throw filthy pitches. Yeah, and he's coming back from a non-pitching injury. So uh, you you put him into that pitching staff. I think they only get better there. Their star players are doing well. They're performing well. And they're doing a great job being able to lock up some of these core players that they have, the Acunas, the Albies, Austin Riley. The Olsens and now earlier this week, they lock up a center fielder, uh, a young rookie, Michael Harris, II, who hasn't played four months in the big leagues to an eight year deal worth just over 70 million bucks. So when you see all the controllable assets that the Atlanta Braves have right now, a large chunk of impact players under team control, just looking at some roster resource pages through. At least 2026. I think that's when they have a club option on Ozzy Albies. Obviously, you need the right players to do this, John. But why don't more teams conduct business the way the Braves do?
1: Well, that's one of the reasons I think the Braves are the Braves is because they're willing to commit earlier rather than wait till later. And there's something there's something to be said for being prudent sometimes because because a person has a one great year, that player has a great year. You're early, young. Doesn't mean that that that's, will continue. That trend will continue. Could just be a great year. Lee hasn't found him out. He hasn't found the. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why players can have great years. And sometimes you have to have more than 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 a than a small sample to, to make a, a a financial commitment where you're talking about tens of millions of dollars because that's what you're talking about. But when you see talent and you're convinced that that talent is not short term, that talent is a longer term. The idea of being able to jump on it and sign it, because what you'll be able to do is you, you'll get yourself a much more favorable rate by getting a favorable rate on talent, you, as opposed to waiting till a player hits becomes a superstar. Then you're sitting on paying them, you know. I mean, not just tens of millions, but maybe hundreds of millions of dollars here, depending on how, on how it you know goes. You know, you you're, and also by getting a player earlier. You can get more of those players because you're you're getting signing them at a much cheaper rate than you would when I say cheaper, you're still paying tens of millions of dollars, but you're paying a lot less than you would pay if you sat there and waited for them to continue to have great years. So it's in your best interest, I think, probably to be proactive about it. Although you can get burned like that, you know, so not every club wants to do that. I get it, but that seems to be the Braves' philosophy. And to this point in time, it's paid off for them and looks like it's going to give them a really, really, really bright future by taking that. But again, that's 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 a roll of the dice. It's a gamble for sure. But but you know, look, the, the thing there's gambles and there's and there's calculated gambles. Mm. So take the calculated gamble. To me, it's a calculated gamble to sign talent earlier than it is later. But especially when you when you look at it, and you say, you know what, that that I'm sorry, that's a can't miss talent. I believe in it. Sometimes you're gonna get hurt, but in the long run, when you have obviously really good players, it will probably benefit you to take that philosophy.
0: You know what else doesn't hurt for them too? They already have the World Series in the back they're right. yeah, exactly. doing it's this post- house money. A title
1: it's house money and they yes. wanted kind of unexpectedly when i mean they, they were actually favored and then they were playing awful and then everybody said well they're done and then but then they said that something happened they flick a switch and off they go and the same thing this year they got a bad start and then they started playing really well and they're sort of chasing the mets and i don't know that they'll catch the mets uh they're going to make it interesting with them but i don't know that they'll catch them but the reality is if they get in, if they get in, they'll get in they can make October really interesting because they have the pedigree and they have the talent to to win everything.
0: You're really confident in the Mets, and I'm not saying I, I disagree. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I am.
1: I am because of two guys at the top, mm-hmm. uh, and because of Buck Showalter. I love Buck Showalter. Same here. I do. I have a lot. I know him well. He's worked for me, worked with us. Or, yes. Uh, I, uh, I I I I've sat with him, talked baseball with him and left more impressed than when I walked in, which was really impressed when I walked in. When I left, I was even more impressed. You sit with him, you realize how much he knows um, and his ability to apply it. And uh, he's uh, he's he's to me, he's the difference maker in that team. Uh, they've had, and because he finds the the, the the parts of that team that were uneven, that needed help, he's smooth. He went and did, he addressed the, the things, the things on that team that needed to get addressed, he's addressed them. And uh, he's he's a, as baseball guys goes. There's no knock on anybody else, by the way. There's a lot of great baseball people in the game. There's a lot of really good managers in the game. You know, I think Aaron Boone is a really good manager. Buck Showalter is Buck Showalter, and I think that puts him in a league of his own. And I think somewhere along the line, he needs a championship. He gets a championship, he'll be a Hall of Famer. Yeah.
0: Uh, so I think it-
1: he matters. I think he's mattered a lot.
0: I'm not trying to wax poetic here because I've, I've long admired Buck, but like on my baseball bucket list, eventually is just to watch a series with Buck Showalter. Just because of all the stories I hear of other people who've been able to watch baseball with him, I'm, I'm envious. So it's uh it's something that I I've, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I really admire Buck Showalter. I think he is one of the bigger managerial X factors in the game today. Maybe the only one to be honest with you, but you mentioned the top two at the rotation Scherzer Jacob de Gram. It's kind of interesting right now, and a little I- irony involved too, because for so long, both of those guys this season were dealing with injuries. The latter half of the Mets starting rotation was carrying the weight there. And now you have guys like Carlos Carrasco, Tawa Walker getting bang- banged up, and it's going to fall on Scherzer and de Gram to carry some heavier buckets of water uphill and get this team to an NL East crown. You did. Do you think that messes or alters with their pace, given their age, their injury history, as they get ready for October, that they're probably going to have to do maybe a little bit more than initially expected down this stretch?
1: Yes, I, I think that they're going to have to do a lot more because you, you just mentioned the, you know, the Walker Carrasco. I mean, they're really good talents and they were strong starters in their own right. You lose them, you're losing a lot. And and the reality is, although they're they, you know, they, 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 I see them as a better team than the Braves at this moment. I don't. That doesn't mean that that could hold if they with the you know, not having the depth that the the Mets are now faced with because they've lost some starting depth for sure. Is that enough for them to maintain an edge over the Braves, who seem to find a way right now? Are starting to find a way to sort of maybe it's time they, they take this they hijack this thing back, and they're very capable of doing it. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, no doubt about it. But but going back to the power at the top where you need at least two guys, we've talked about this even in this podcast, you need two strong guys at the top, almost like an ace and a sub-ace, a one and a one-a. You really need that. If you're going to win a championship in a short series, especially because that's what these, these series are, they're short series, you, you got to have power at the top. And that's habit in those two guys. However, you lose one of them, and then all of a sudden, you, you're you in a position of extreme compromise. And is that if you lose one of these guys, or they start to, you know, age starts to play factor here, and they they start to wear down, um, or wear back to where they were when the season started, then uh, then the, the Mets are not they're not the chalk, you know, anymore. They're just not. And it's going to take everything they've got right now, it, it, and even then, some to beat the Dodgers in that in, in the National League. And the Braves are very good too. So the Braves are very capable. The Dodgers are the Dodgers. I mean, they're still the, the, the best team there but the Mets are very capable in a playoff series. I mean, I wouldn't want to play the Mets. So the National League is shaping a very interesting way as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, Uh, the Mets in a short series, even a seven-game series, feel like they'll be able to figure it out, but definitely in a short series. Very dangerous with Scherzer and DeGrom. And that brings us to this last item I have here. Major League Baseball announced the postseason schedule coming up for October. And there's a couple of different wrinkles, specifically, though, with the American League Division Series schedule. So this kind of affects the Yankees here. You have off days between games one and two and then another off day between game two and three. And then if you need the full five-game series, you have no off days between games three, four, and five. Yet, between game four and five, you're traveling. What do you make of the layout of the Division Series this this year?
1: Well, i am I've kind of I, I i was with you until you said I want to take you through the schedule. All right. Then I lost. No, no, I'm, right, te- I'm teasing. Uh, no, 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 we're not going to go through that again. I'm just teasing this <laughs> um, It is. Uh, well, I mean, it's not a consistent schedule. I mean, you look at that. And you've got the you've got your breaks at the top and your no breaks at the end, um, and that allows teams to really structure their pitching. You have a you could you could have a pretty good shot at, but then again, you got the end. So you you have a break in the beginning and you have nothing at the end. I mean, to me, it's just it's just doesn't it speaks to, it speaks to no consistency. And I don't I don't I mean, do if you're a team like the Yankees, wow. <laughs> I, no, I don't like it. If you're asking me, do I like it? Well, the answer is I don't like it, and for, for obvious reasons. I mean, do I, well, I mean, I mean, are you pro pro again? How do you feel about it?
0: Uh, My initial reaction and I look at it through the prism of covering the Yankees and, and wanting the Yankees to do well. And I my, my initial reaction wasn't being over the moon. So take that for however you want there. It just doesn't feel like a, uh, you know, the off days between the first two games, two off days over the first three games of the series is just not baseball. Um, And especially if you are one of the top one or two seeds, you can conceivably go into that series with five, six days off already. And then you're playing just three games in five days. It's it's a little out of whack for me. I get a, a probably a product of the lockout for sure. A, a product of just playing more postseason games with the with the wild card in it. But um
1: not every I, series is structured like that, though. They're not all structured like
0: that. No, they're not. Right. Like for and for that's the, what makes it
1: so uneven. I mean, that's right. the problem: is the, the unevenness.
0: The NLDS is is very different. You have yeah. games one and two back to back on a Tuesday and a Wednesday. Then game three will be on a Friday, so you have one off day in between. It's just that it's a, like the ALDS is kind of isolated it, in here.
1: See, and, now you've got inconsistency that's been created by television. Well,
0: television. how do you feel about that, Mister TV executive?
1: Well, I'm not. I'm not doing postseason baseball games so <laughs> <laughs> if i was i might feel differently about it but i mean yes on the one hand you want to create the series yes on the other hand it's good for baseball to have the income on the on, and also you know it's good to have the extra teams in it i just think it is i mean it's it's a tournament well i'm making a tournament you know, everything in sports has become a tournament now uh and then the baseball is so no different it's a baseball tournament now so i get it you want the extra team in there to keep the interest the team that maybe wouldn't have made it years ago, now as recently as a year ago, now it's going to be in it. And your team is interested, and it's in. You you'll be more interested, more invested as a fan. I get all that. I think it's great from that perspective. From the other perspective, is it creates an odd man out opportunity. If you're going to play any of this, it has to be consistent. The format needs to be the same for everybody. It just does, and this creates a, a sort of a series where it really is not a, a obviously. There's a huge inconsistency. That inconsistency, to me. It, it, it outweighs the, the the benefit of having a team in a in, in a race that wouldn't have been in. I uh, I, I think everything should be consistent. They, they should play all by by the same rules. And the same rules also mean the same uh, scenario and scheduling. I know it sometimes it can't be perfect, but this creates too much of a chasm. It yeah. just does. It's 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 it to me, it it's just it creates a situation where You know, if you're, uh, you could, you with in the right situation, you could picture, you you could find yourself being at a huge disadvantage and yet having an advantage that you shouldn't have. Does that make sense?
0: It does. I don't like how subplots can be created by the schedule.
1: Yeah, well that's what that's what it's doing though. It's is creating subplots.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, You're right. I agree. Yeah, uh, that was my initial thought, but uh, but we got to get there first. That's what we've been talking about. Six weeks left. An interesting time for sure because you can play both sides. You could say, man, still time for a team who may be struggling. They can recover. If your team needs to step on the gas, now is the time because you can kind of look ahead and have an idea forming on how they can fare based on the remaining games that are ahead on the schedule.
1: Before we wrap up, you look at the Yankees who are struggling. Yeah. A lot of players are struggling. Let's be fair. Okay. But I mean, these are not traditionally, guys who play two-thirds of a season and sit there and say, well, that's it. My season's usually two-thirds, and you ask me to play an extra third of a season that I usually don't play, therefore I, I shouldn't be playing well because this, I'm playing, it's uncharted waters for me. No, it's not. I mean, Torres has not had a particularly terrific year. Okay, but he's you know, but he's capable of being a really good player. You know, Josh Donaldson is at the age he's struggling a little bit maybe, and you're starting to figure out like how much what what, what exactly is Josh Donaldson offensively now. But yet he's the home run last night. That may turn out to be that, that today is the biggest home run a Yankees hit this year. The Yankees really needed that win. It's not because in and of itself that one game is going to turn everything around, but it's a statement. The Yankees could not have gotten in their own ballpark, have been swept by Tampa with. Tampa for challenging them at the moment, making with the history between the Yankees and the Rays being what it is, Yankees needed that game. You also, you need one. Look, you don't win seven of 10 or you don't win five in a row. You don't win any of that stuff. It's even one. So the Yankees need to start, you know, turning this thing into positive, turning some of these messages into positive messages. Yankees needed to win. That's and again, I know it's a regular season game, but they needed to do that. Uh, so it, it stems a lot of things. It's hopefully puts them in a better place. But but you know the let's face it, I mean Hicks is Hicks Hicks is struggle too. You know you've had too many bats who are losing not having Stanton in the lineup now. Um, there's been too many situations where the Yankees are just not getting the offensive contributions. That the shortstop another one. I mean he's he's it, been mostly hit a home run the other day, but basically been a singles hitter. Um, and, and a really nice defender, did a nice job in the field, but really not much with the bat. And that's okay if you have, if, if that's really the one of the few bats you have to support. The Yankees, you know, Torres have struggled more than he should have. Donaldson has struggled. Hicks has struggled. There's a number of players that have struggled. And I'm not saying that they're not capable athletes or players. I think they are. They they really just have struggled. And and so they haven't gotten contributions from the lower part of the batting order. You need that. The Yankees have got to start making. And then when the other guys at the top, including Judge, are struggling at the moment, well now you've got struggling from beginning to end. So how do you think that's going to play out? Mm-hmm.
0: You that's can't get. Really yeah, you you can't get far into October if you have five outs in your lineup. You can't just right. perform with your top four hitters night in and night out. But we'll see what that home run means. We'll see if that Josh Donaldson home run is the start of something, start of a turnaround. And for those supporting pieces, if they there is still time for them to turn it around and, and write their own ship, we'll see if they're able to do it with the remaining games uh, on the schedule here.
1: This is a big series with Toronto. This is a big mm-hmm. series for, for Toronto. It's, it's what the Yankees need it too, but Toronto, if they want to you know, really make some noise, it's not just the, the, to challenge the Yankees in the East, it's the, to, to challenge their position as a wild card. They've got to start playing the way that people thought they could play coming out of spring training. They have really got to find some consistency now for them, and that makes them dangerous in a series like this. So you got them, and you got the Mets coming behind them who have to continue to win as well. So so there's a lot of teams that are. It's just not the how the Yankees have to play. The teams they're playing have to. You have things to. This they have to make statements too.
0: Doesn't get any easier for the teams they're playing or the Yankees themselves. Uh, Were those your closing thoughts, Mr. Philip
1: Rate, review, and subscribe.
0: Ah, there we go. Yes, we talked about that. Yes,
1: that's true.
0: Rate, review, subscribe—the best way to show your support is by doing that. But if you don't like the show, please keep it all to yourself, right?
1: Yes, or so send us money. Yes. You know, just put the money in I'll send it to you. You know, we, we, I'll give them your home address at the end. I'll post your home address.
0: Perfect. The, that's all the information everyone should have. You. Yes. But, all right. That, that,
1: that, that is. How about Dan Bisson? Can We say something nice about Dan Beson. phenomenal so
0: job. Yes, that's so a nice he, job for the entirety bucks. of this this 50 plus minute vehicle he has done exquisite work and he's the big reason why his podcast currently is flowing through the listeners earbuds because without him it's not happening so Dan, we thank you how do you
1: see it? How do you, do you know what we've talked about for the last 50 minutes G- give me your take on the Yankees curious as to what you think you want my take Flip? yes
0: i think that they um they're going to have to decide who's going to be closing Who's going to be closing for them coming up? I mean, Chapman uh, obviously has struggled this season. Clay Holmes is on the IL. So who do they go to? It's, uh, that's going to be a, a big thing coming down the stretch. They need to rely on somebody, and hopefully Clay Holmes or even Chapman can come back to what he once was. So I'm just going to be intrigued and uh, watching that and see what Aaron Boone uh, decides and who he goes to. But I thought you guys did a great job today and uh, a lot of good discussion. You know, I'm a big Yankee fan, so hopefully uh, we can finish strong. Start getting hot right when it matters the most.
1: I think in the bullpen, the the one thing we haven't talked about. And I think it's a challenge. And I think this is really what it's this is a challenge for Aaron Boone is to try and figure out a way to, you know, not have pitchers get up and down. They they get up and down a lot. And you know, it's okay to get a warm a guy up, but you know, you want him you warm him up, you going to put him in a game, and that situation comes up where all of a sudden you don't want to put him in a game, so you sit him down or he's warming up in case and then that case doesn't really happen. You send the guy back down again. That's fine. But you know, you do that enough times. It's mm-hmm. almost like an appearance, even if you don't put somebody in a game. Mm-hmm. So I think that, I think that that's tough for a manager. It's tough for any manager. I, I think that's gotta be something that the Yankees pay attention to though. Um, you know, I'm not saying they don't pay attention to him. So it's one of those things that think you have to pay attention to a little bit more sometimes,
0: especially you know, down the stretch too, uh, especially
1: uh, in the, heat of the summer and yeah. with, the, with the erosion of having a, with as uh, many pitchers in these games as they have to these yep. days. Uh, it's you got to really watch that as well as anything else.
0: And when you're breaking it down too, tight races, they're probably playing close games because you're playing good teams. and That means each pitch is probably being thrown with more impact than it was in a game, say, in early May. Like people say, oh, you know, a game or a win is just as important in April in, as it is in September. That's completely accurate. That is very true. But not all the pitches are made the same. So there are high-stress pitches, high-leverage pitches. There's going to be more stressful pitching being done at this point in the season than probably at any other point.
1: And therefore, you need more artful hitting. Because uh-huh. by that, I mean quality at-bats. I mean, I, I, I go back to a game that I watched earlier in the year that was just incredible. The Yankees were playing Houston. And it was, uh, I think it was uh, who was pitching for Houston. I'm trying to remember who was pitching for Houston, but uh, was dominating the game. And Anthony Rizzo had like a 17 pitch at bat, and it went from he's got 17 pitches left and we 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 can't touch this guy to I just took even though Rizzo made out made out after 17 pitches and that was enough to take Vargas who was the pitcher to get him out of the game. It was enough to get him out of the game. He went from sort of a a number like uh, I'm trying to remember what the number was maybe around 83 to about 100 pitches in one at bat, and that that was enough to get him out of the game. The Yankees got to the the, the bullpen and the Yankees were able to beat the bullpen. And some, so and the, those are things that people don't talk about or don't pay enough attention to, but, you know, artful hitting, even if it's an, an, an out, it's, plus we really playoff atmosphere means everything. Cause again, the edge is whatever you, you can come down to one pitch and, you know, effect and the difference is one effective pitch from one pitch that isn't effective. So, you know, I'm just saying that there's, there's a lot that goes into this. There's a lot you have to look at and, uh, you know, and, and that's what makes this what it is because at this level, you got good teams, and you've got you've got, you know usually good decisions that goes with those good teams. It becomes a, not a game of checkers, but a game of chess. That, to it, me, is what makes it interesting.
0: It is a high leverage, high stress situations, innings one through nine pretty much uh, every night from here on out until you clinch the playoff berth or you clinch home field. It, I want to tell like-
1: one thing before we go. We, just, we, we haven't paid much attention to judges' home run, Chase. Just to our – because I know that that's something I'm putting on everybody's mind. Uh, slumping a little bit lately, uh, just natural. We all every, everybody slumps, uh, but when you're chasing history, you, you're not allowed to slump. If, he, if he's going to do this, and this this is a Herculean test, he's got it. This how many? It depends on what context you're looking for here. Are we looking at Maris, are we looking at McGuire? Are we looking at Bonds? Are we looking at 154, 162? What games are we looking at? I mean, there's a lot of ways to sort of sort of quantify this chase. But how do you see it? How do you see it in a way? Are you looking at 61 Maris? What, do you, what number are you looking at?
0: I'm looking at 61 Maris only through the the prism of Yankees history. I think 70 is – I see what, forty-four. I see like 45 homers right now on August 17th, August 18th, 45, 46 homers, and I think 46. 70, 73,
1: yeah, 73 by the
0: end of September. I, I can't compute that in my head. So – No, I don't. I don't even think about seventy three. I'm thinking sixty one right now, and what it would mean in terms of Yankees history. Mm. Yeah,
1: and I think you still on history. Well, you could look at Yankee history, and you could say, "See, that's what that's what the the steroid thing did. Mm -hmm. It blew. It took the numbers, and it 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 put them in in, in, it, it. It it made us look through." Like historical significance in, in a different way. Uh, there was only one metric before, and it was the the metric that was the the Babe Ruth Roger Maris metric. What that era did, the steroid era did, was now all of a sudden there was the McGuire and then it was Bonds. And, you know, both, you know, I mean, I don't think this is a we chase around, we're sort of a, uh, libeling anybody by saying, uh, or slandering anybody by saying, you know, that those guys were and steroid implications to them. So, and in fact, that that's right. And let's let's for the sake of this discussion say that it probably is right. But what did that do to the game? The, the history of the game, which is so much about statistics, right? The emotional moorings of the game, which are statistics, have been skewed to a point where you sit there and you go, "I don't, I don't know who's chasing who for what."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That, that to me was the real damage of this, you know, of, of that
0: era. Yeah, it, it skewed it all. It diluted it a bit. I um, think. You're right on track there. Um, it, it allows it allows a number like 73 to exist and make it so out of my you know train of thought where it's something that can't ever be touched, even on a historic pace like Aaron Judge's on right now. Which I believe last time I checked, he's still ahead of the pace of Maris and even Ruth in 27. So
1: yes. Mm-hmm.
0: So even though he's on a you know in a little bit of a a I don't even want to call it a cold streak. Like you said before, just because of where he's been, it just seems like a cold streak, but his numbers are still so insane right now. It's tough to wrap your head around it. I I, I still think that's something that we could definitely be talking about in the weeks ahead. Cause he's going to get closer. It's going to make it interesting from history. That's what makes, history, it. That's it, what sure makes it so
1: interesting. Not just the, it's not just the pennant chase or the, you know, the look at the chase for October, mm-hmm. uh, to championship whatever it isn't just that it's the, the chase of history with judge so the yankees are fascinating on a number of levels right now
0: and where can you find that chase john
1: on yes if you watch yes there you
0: go only on yes that's what i was gonna say only on
1: yes. All right. i'm gonna say that but thank you for saying that and <laughs> since you said it only on yes I'll, I'll, I'll go with that too only on yes but uh all right, so it's time, the words of Ashley Fugazi, it's time to land the plane, so you want to land the plane? So Yeah,
0: you, let's go. H-C- Terminals H-C- in those. sight. Uh, we'll do it for this edition of The Curtain Call. Again, please rate, review, subscribe if you like the show. Best way that you can show your support here for our producer, Dan Bessona, did an incredible job here. And for John J. Filipelli. I am Justin Shackle. We will talk to you next time on The Curtain Call Podcast, a production of The Yes Network. Take care, everybody.